We flew him all the way from Aurora, Colorado, my hometown. He's the number three bantamweight in the world. I've known this kid since he was 15. It's Corey Sandahagen on this week's Food Truck Diaries, and I'm feeding him breakfast burritos. Let's go. Corey Sandhagen. What's up? What's going on, brother? Not much. How are you? Coming off a big win. Big win. Making the rounds media-wise. Yeah. Becoming a pretty popular face these <laughs> days. How do you feel about it, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously super happy with how I did. I'm, uh, you know, like martial arts is always kind of like this, uh, like self-improving thing that I got going on. And uh, I was, re I'm really coming on to some really good shit, I think, as far as like, becoming a better fighter and just, you know, more present person. So I'm pumped about it, man. Yeah, I think looking at your performance, you know, I've followed your career since day one, man. Even before the UFC, you being a high altitude guy. And I remember you coming in there as this lanky basketball player. And then, I mean, Jesus Christ, are you the best in the world? Life is crazy, man. It is Life crazy. is crazy. Yeah, I remember is. you walking in like, like it was yesterday and just be like, holy shit, look at that kid. And then Christian, even then, was like, yeah, he's athletic, man. I was like, yeah, he's a basketball player. You know, he's a basketball player, white basketball player, dude. You yeah. know, he's, he's going to be athletic. And then, actually, you know, you're one of the best in the world. But you look at your fight with Cheeto Vera, and I, you're probably exhausted talking about it after doing Rogan for three hours. With, and side note here, have you ever talked to somebody in your life for three hours, no, dude? No, Dude, <laughs> I, I remember a specific moment. We were, like, maybe two hours in. Jamie pulled something up on the screen. Yeah. And I had to, like, look at the time, you yeah. know, to be like, oh, yeah. fuck, dude, you're, you're, how long is this? You're, like, <laughs> you in know? this, like, oh, it's, like, this warp, like, weird, like, alternate world and like when Theo Bond did for the first time he calls me he goes damn man because I've never talked to my mom that long <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like you know I'm talking to my therapist for three hours man <laughs> uh, but with Rogan you just he's so good at it and there's there's no you know everything's so tight and he can go so many places where it's never on the guest and that's why he's the best to ever do it because after a while, like, when we do fight campaigns, he's like, dude, we're at four hours. I'm like, what? Uh, four hours, dude? We could do this for fucking 48 hours. Yeah. He's just, he's just has that God-given talent. So back, but that was just a side note. So, you know, doing Rogan, you, you know, you're Ariel, you're doing all these shows. But I think where you're at in your career, like, that version of you against Cheeto is the best we've ever seen. And we just had Cheeto on uh, Calabas' fight campaign, and Cheeto's a good buddy of mine. And that's why I didn't pick the fight. You always pick the fights. Love you, love Cheeto. Refuse to pick the fight. Mm -hmm. I had my opinions on it, but um, didn't put it out there in public for, you know, multiple reasons. But, you know, you guys have, when I listen to Cheeto talk about the fight, listen to you talk about the fight, and it's exactly what I think the fans saw is you had kind of this out-of-body experience. It's the best I've ever seen. You just mentally, you put everything together. There were really no mistakes. The judges were so off, I thought. And then with Cheeto, he's like, he was one of the worst nights of my life. He's like, I just, I, I think it's kudos to you being so goddamn good. He's like, I just couldn't get going. I couldn't get anything going. And he goes, and I knew it in the locker room. It was just like, it's going to be a tough night, especially against a guy like Corey. It's going to be a very tough night for me. Like, he knew it, and then you knew it, and it was just this symbolic thing, and it was like, boom. And he looked fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I felt obviously really fantastic. I, I probably felt, if, if I were to look back and try to compare it to any other feeling that I've had before going into a fight, it was, it was like super similar to when I fought Marlon the first time, Good. where like when I was in the back and I was like, no one will beat me tonight. Yeah. You know, like literally no one will beat me. That yep. was the feeling that I had. 
I've kind of only had that on two occasions, one with Marlon and then one against Cheeto. Have you ever thought about like, how can you get there? And someone's asked me this before, like I had it happen once in my entire career, once. And I, I wish I was more present at the time, we'll get to being present. Um, I wish I was more present at the time because when I fought Gabriel Gonzaga in Anaheim on the main card, I, it was like uh, I was in that flow state. Where it was, if you've seen the old school Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire's my Spider-Man, by the way, that's how old I am. But you know, when uh, he's in the, he first gets the spider skills, gets bit, and that guy's throwing punches at him in the mm -hmm. school, and he's like looking, that's how I felt against Gabriel Gonzaga. I was like, oh, the, he's screwed, dude. Mm -hmm. There's no, he has not, there's nothing he's gonna do that's gonna beat me. But, and I wish at the time I was young and inexperienced, I wish I would have made note of like, what, what got me there? How did you get to that mental space? So do you, I, and I know you're a real cerebral guy. Do you think about that? Like, how can you get to that space, you know, against Marlon Marais or how you get to that space against, you know, that Cheeto Vera? Like, how can you do that every time? Yes, and, and I think that that's like a really important uh, thing that you're saying too is because uh, I think that there's reasons for absolutely everything when you're like uh, in pursuit of performing at a super optimal level. I don't buy the whole like, Oh, I just, you know, like couldn't get it going that night without there being an actual reason. Agreed, for it. there has to be something going on. I, I, I do think that there has to be something going on. I think that it extends past, like, uh, what was I doing physically? Where was I mentally? Um, because I think Cheeto even was saying, like, physically he just couldn't get going, but his mind and uh, and he was ready to go or his whatever. Heart was in it. But, in it, but yeah. physically he couldn't get going. Yeah. I think that. Physically, I've learned how to peak super properly. Like that will almost never, I, I feel like, be an issue for me because I figured that piece out. The camps, you're talking about physical training, making sure your body's not worn down. Making sure it's not yeah. worn down, making sure that I'm doing the weight cut correctly, yep. putting the weight back on correctly. Those are like, uh, the, the, the physical piece is easy because it's like, I did this, I did this. That's black and white, right? that, That's pretty black yeah. and white. The mental side is where we don't have a scale for those types of things because it's a lot harder to uh, just, there, there is no like you step on the scale there's a number okay i'm losing weight there isn't that with the brain yeah, mentally i'm a nine yeah, yeah. yeah. but there, but to your point there has to be something because when you look at like i always look at the guys at the tip of the spear like a a tiger woods in his prime which is a, a golf is super mental game you look at like michael phelps like hold on you're telling me that he was able to achieve that flow state every time he jumped in that water mm -hmm. like he never had an off day there has to be something there. If he can do it, if Tiger can do it, if Jordan can do it, they're, that, they're human. That means there's some sort of formula here that we can figure out. There, there is, I, I think. Um, I, I think that like- our, like, and I have it for $9.99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on my way and it's gonna be a lot more <laughs> yeah, than $9.99. Yeah, yeah. Dude, but, if you uh, figure it out, it's, yeah, hell yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a lot more. Man, I take notes like on almost everything. That's where I think that I kind of like separate myself a little bit from maybe the pack is, uh, I'm really, really organized in the way that I do almost everything as far as like fighting goes. Um, but anyways, to touch on the subject, there, there is no like mental scale for anything other than like, oh, how am I feeling? And I don't really think that a lot of people are capable, one, of checking in with themselves and giving themselves like a really honest answer for a number of reasons. And then two, I, I, I don't really think that, uh, uh, one, they're not capable, but two, they don't really know how to do it. Yeah. And honestly, you learn how to do it by practice and practice means I'm checking in with myself at this many weeks away. How am I doing on, on every Monday and Saturday? I write down, it sounds like a little, we're on food truck diaries, but I almost like diary in my book, you yeah. know, about like, no, Hey, how, how, how am I doing? And, and one, that's just like to get stuff out. But two, 
I'll be super surprised sometime as to what's like going on inside me when I'm just stream of consciousness, uh -huh. you know? And uh, I learn a lot about how I'm actually doing in my mind through like practices like that. And I think that that's like a super important skill for all fighters to have because there is no scale. The scale is like the feelings that you have. And if you don't have like a, a connection with those things, then you're just like, you're just throwing darts at a yeah, wall. You're just going through the motions yeah. and hoping for the best where you don't have to do it. And I think there's something to what you said. And you said that's on the early interview where you're saying, you know, Cheeto goes, nobody outworks me. And I've always been, and, and that's a common theme in all professional sports, especially in the UFC going, you know, nobody outworks me, I'm the hardest worker. When I was fighting, I would say that, everyone said that back when yeah. I was fighting, but also, and everyone, a lot of people say it now, but you gotta s assume, dude, like in order to get to the UFC, we're all working at the same level. Mm -hmm. Like some people do it a little different, but in order to achieve, the, you know, to be a professional fighter in the UFC, the biggest organization in the world, I assume that is day one shit, man, that you're working hard. Mm -hmm. So when guys go, no one outworks, I like, how do you know? Yeah. How do you, but we're all, I assume we're all working pretty fucking hard because we're at the UFC. It's like in the NFL, you never hear somebody say that. Tom Brady goes, I, I just, I think I'm gonna win the game. I just outwork yeah. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, what? No, you all work fucking hard, dude. You're professionals. Yeah. But so I think what, again, to your point, and you alluded to this, is what separates you kind of from the pack is you are such a cerebral, you know, kind of, uh, it's almost like you have this science behind it. Where a lot of guys, and it's it's nobody's fault, it's just the nature of the game, where it's just like, I show up, I fight. I fight, dude. It's like, no, I get it, but there, there's a professional approach here that other athletes are taking. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that uh, I take responsibility for every single piece of my camp. You know, like uh, my coaches who are Christian Allen, Carrington Banks, and Ryan Hall now, um, I don't really like I ask them for guidance, but they're not they're not like being like, hey, do this at this time, this at this time. And and I think that a lot of people have that relationship with their coach where they're being told what to do. They're doing they're acting out these things. And then like they kind of just put all of their trust in that. I do put my trust in these guys. That's why I have them around. But I'm the quarterback in this entire situation. Correct. So if there's anything that goes wrong, it was my responsibility for not seeing it early. And yep. that that approach, I think, is one that, I mean, you get with age, uh, you get experience, with experience. Yeah, yep. right. uh, because you can't do that if you're inexperienced, no. right? Like, like, you need to be told what to do until you start, like, learning the rules. And then once you get into the rules, you can start deciding which path you want to take Correct. inside of the rules. But uh that's just where i am as a fighter right now and uh I, I do that really well and um that's where i think i separate myself is just being able to think really critically i don't think a lot of people are like taught to think really critically and that has nothing to do like i don't want to come off like i'm this righteous smart guy but no, like I, different. I yeah everyone's different but i i also would argue that i wasn't always really like that either this is like uh work at it. i had to work at it and i had to learn how to be like okay that's gonna fit in my game that's not gonna fit in my game this is worth x amount of hours this is worth y amount of hours and those are just things that like I'm not smart enough to figure out outside of me just putting a lot of attention and a lot of thoughtfulness into it. That's because you know yourself best. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, you're one of the first guys to kind of talk about this, but even before you, a guy who kind of approached it very similar to you is George St. Pierre. Mm. Let's take a little break here, chat with my boy, Corey, number three bantamweight in the world, because this episode of the Food Truck Diaries is brought to you by BetterHelp. Because getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing, always changing 
All right, what were you telling yourself a few years ago? Are you speaking different to yourself? Did you get some help listening to your friends? Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want and why we react the way we do until we talk through things with a professional. That's where my friends... I better help connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. All right. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try today. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime you want. No additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash shop, S-C-H-A-U-B, today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash shop. This episode of Food Truck Dives with Corey Sandahagen is also brought to you by the one, the only, the old faithful on it. I'm a busy dude, and that's by design. I got a lot on my plate, so I need all the help I can get. That's why I rely on the number one nootropic on the planet. I'm talking about Alpha Brain. Now, there's the basic Alpha Brain for the common folk out there. They've sold over a million bottles nationwide. But what you know about Alpha Brain Black? That's the highly concentrated, double the dosage, ultimate nootropic on the planet. That's what your boy uses here. I swear by Alpha Brain Black for everything. Stand up. Freaking whatever it is, podcasting, just being around the family. I want to have my brain a boom and aids in mental processing. It's caffeine free, helps get to that flow state. On it also offers a variety of Alpha Brain, whether you're doing Alpha Brain Instant, they have the, the instant shot, they have the little eight ounce pack, you drop in eight ounces of water and you're just in that flow state. But they also offer kettlebells, equipment gear, steel club maces, sandbags, yoga mats, and you need better nutrition, say less. On it has protein powders, Warrior bars, creatine, fish oil, krill oil, we got it all. So get your thick ass in shape. Go to onit.com slash shop. You get 10% off everything. All the Alpha Brains, including the black label, including the Alpha Brain Instant, including the Alpha Brain Shot. We got it all. 10% off onit.com slash shop. Now let's get back to the program. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He, he was a very similar guy. I went to train camp with him in Montreal, and again, he wrote everything down, uh, especially after the Matt Serra loss. He used to drink red wine, cut out red wine, but he'd write everything down. It was, like, very structured. Like, he, he's one of the pioneers that brought kind of that changing the UFC from just being, like, you know, tough dudes who punch each other in the face to an actual sport. He had a training camp. Everything was calculated. He, had, he mapped out his whole training camp because before there wasn't really camps. You spar, beat each other up, wrestle a little bit, and do the same thing in the fight. And he really brought it to a professional level. And to, I credit GSP to the fullest with that. And you're kind of an extension of that. You know, GSP has, you know, ties to Denver, and he was at Grudge, and Christian Allen worked with him a ton, and they started bowling. So, you know, GSP, he rubbed off on everybody there. Now he's rubbing off, I think, worldwide. But I think you really embody what GSP was kind of representing, man. And But no one's, to me, what's crazy is, I don't hear anybody else, but you talk like this. Yeah. Everyone else just kind of like, you know, same thing. You know, I work harder than everybody else. You know, I'm going to knock them out. That, that's like, this common theme we keep hearing. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's almost like to the point where like it's played out now. Yeah. You know, like I almost feel 
one that's not really my personality be like, oh, I'm gonna knock this guy out. Oh, I'm gonna do this, this. Like one that's like so played out that it's almost like, man, I don't really want to like continue to say but those. Thought, again, it'd be like uh, you know Tom Brady or Josh yeah. Allen be like, yeah, I'm gonna throw touchdowns. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, that's not even a soundbite. Like they don't want ESPN was like, give me the mic. I'm gonna be throwing touchdowns on Sunday. Everyone's like, all right, dude. Yeah, that's why we're tuning in, man. You know, it's obvious. But I think you're changing the game. I think the it's. I think the good thing about you being at the level you're at, especially in UFC, being ranked in the top three, doing this damn thing and having success. I think one of whether you like this or not, I don't want to put pressure on you, but one of your kind of journeys in life is to spread this, dude. Spread it. Be the next GSP. Where GSP was that guy that changed the game forever. You can do the same thing. I agree. I, I think that uh, spreading it is something that I'm trying to like do without overdoing it because yeah. you know uh, I still got people to fight. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, spreading it is something that I'm kind of coming into my own too. It took me like a few years because I am like a little bit of more of an introverted guy or whatever. Uh, I like to keep to myself a little bit. It, it took me a little bit to kind of like figure out how to uh, like spread my knowledge and yeah. you know like actually help people through the whole thing with uh, but also like being myself too you need to take care of yourself first and figure it yeah. out within before you start preaching and it takes like a level of uh, just like being okay with not being like all of the other sheep you yeah, know like man. not not being promo guy not yeah. being that guy that's not who I am so it, it took me a little bit to kind of figure out how to uh, not put pressure on myself to be that yeah, way man. and just to like speak like how we're speaking now and talk about like the more detailed more like deeper pieces of fighting which to me are the most interesting aspects of this whole martial arts stuff not like me talking a bunch of shit to someone no. on twitter no, no. you know yeah, i agree and i think that's what like being original being your true self is what gets the fan base to tune in you know, if you just came out and like, I'm going to knock out Marab or I'm going to knock out, you know, whoever, Al Jermaine or Henry Cejudo, you're like, yeah, dude, of course that's what he says. You know, but I nobody know. believes it. I know. If nobody believes it. I know. It's run down, dude, and it's played out. And, uh... You're a breath of fresh air, man. Well, um, let me feed your smart ass some. <laughs> <laughs> your Gary V ass of the UFC. Let me feed uh, you some uh, breakfast burritos, my man. Cool. All right, let's do Hopefully it. Hopefully you don't have a fight soon. So you no, 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 no. Yeah. I'll do a Southwest chicken wrap, please. Beautiful, spicy or regular? Uh, I'll do a spicy. Let's do it. Uh, what do you like better, the breakfast burrito or that uh, crispy Nashville one? Uh, Nashville, sure. Let's do that. All right, cool. Might as well flex a little bit. Let's do it. Let's do it, my man. You uh, you decided to go on the lighter end because you yeah. said so. Since what about two weeks from your fight or two weeks out? Yeah, two weeks. Um, two weeks post Cheeto fight, you've been going ham on the in the pain on the diet. So it's pretty like standard for me. Like I said, I take notes and or like I realize things. But dude, for like ten days after a fight, I'm a bottomless pit until my weight gets back to like kind of like homeostasis, and yeah. then and then I like can start to eat a little bit healthier, but for the first 10 days, it's like a fuck. I think it's good to get out of your system, though. I do, Because then you're like, this is why I don't eat like this. I feel awful. I think your body needs it. Yeah, I think the body needs mm -hmm. all because you've been depleting all the nutrients. And you, you're, you'll get up to how big before you're like, you, you know what, I, gotta sh I don't want to look like Brendan Fraser from The Whale. I know when I'm a little bit above 
160. And that's about when I'll start to call it. <laughs> because I don't really want to like, uh, I still want to train well too. So I don't want to get like super big and then train like a fat ass. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. And I feel like that's how people get hurt too. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And then so. all that weight, that, that extra weight on your body and trying to move. And then if you get too heavy, you know, guys like Patty Puma talk about like, and then and my boy Mark Muse do this. And then your camp is basically cutting weight, not even focusing on the fight. Yeah. Like, it's a disaster. Man. Yeah. Disaster. And, and I already have to be like super, pretty much super strict for the whole entire camp anyways. So. Yeah. Um, so my cuts aren't like the worst thing in the world. Like I know I have a big frame, but I'm like built like a narrow guy. Yeah. So my cuts aren't the worst thing in the world, but I definitely have to like be on. You gotta be on it, yeah. Otherwise the cat, cut on. can be miserable. Yeah. And that's where it beats you up. Yeah. So for you, what like timeline, the you know, the bantamweight division you're in, it's kinda, it's a little complicated at the top. You're ranked three, you got Sugar ranked above you, you got Marab ranked above you. And then uh, obviously Al Jermaine and then Cejudo are fighting, so it's kind of, it gets a little clouded up there, right? And that you, I know after the fight you called out Marab, which I thought was gutsy as shit, just because no one's really calling him out. Like it, it, it's weird for guys to call out that type of fighter, especially coming off that win against Peter Jan. And when you did it, and this is again, this is the manager side of me, like, oh, why wouldn't he call out Sugar Man? That's mm. the fight. That's it, like stylistically, it's an easier fight for him. You know, Sugar's the bigger name. So the manager of me was like, ah, dude, he messed up. And I know Chael Sonnen said the same thing. So me and Chael, I think, think similar when it comes to that business side of things. But then when I heard you explain, like, nah, man, that's not, like, he's, it would make sense that people think I'd call him out because he's the bigger name, he's the more popular guy. But the toughest fight and why I got into the UFC is to finally call out the Marabs of the world. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm going for. When I heard that, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I would say that um, one thing that I've been able to do fairly well in my career is, like, think a couple of years ahead, you know? Uh, I, I don't want to, like, just attack the, like, more popular shiny toy or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, and, and have that be the fight. Me and Sean will fight one day, you know, yeah. like that. That's definitely probably in the next year or two. Agreed. Uh, like, we will definitely fight. So that fight will happen when it happens. But for me, I want to fight these, like, really tough wrestler guys before I get the belt. Yeah. I don't want to like have the belt and then not have any confidence in fighting that type of person. Like the, and, and that's just like long vision stuff. Yeah. You know, like when you're building up a fighter, uh, because I, I do some coaching now, you like give them certain challenges at certain times. Like you don't just overwhelm them right off the bat with giving them like a super tough matchup that's not going to be favorable for them. You give them fights at the right time so that they can really like uh, like different challenges. Yeah, different challenges. Boxing has done it for years, but yeah. for whatever reason, mixed martial arts and thank God, you know, and they're starting to move towards that direction. But yeah, in boxing, like you know, a guy would be like ten and zero, like all right, we're gonna give you a tough guy. You're not gonna be able to get out in the first three rounds. Any southpaw. So yep. you can see a southpaw, you get a little bit of danger, but you should be able to beat them. But in MMA, it's a little different, man. It is a little bit different, but everyone just wants to be the, and it's another one of those things that's just so played out to me. It's like everyone is super, and me included before, uh, everyone is super hyper-focused on like, how do I get the belt and what's the easiest route to the belt? Because like, you make, you know, maybe a hundred grand, a couple hundred grand more if, you, if you're the title holder. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more for some of those guys. But for me, man, it's like, Okay, so I want to win the belt. What what do I need to do before that happens so that when I do get the belt, I can hold on to that thing for a really long yeah. time? 
and that's fighting a super good wrestler. Like, I don't, you know, there's, there's that piece of it. There's, like, me wanting to challenge myself before I even get to the belt. But then, too, like, I was talking to Ryan Hall about this, who's, like, a really fun guy to talk to just about life and martial smart arts guy. in general. Smart super guy. smart and, like, really thoughtful. Has, has thought of everything that I've ever thought of really? before, you know? I, I feel like uh, yeah. maybe not, but. I know where you're going. So with Marab, it's, like, the challenge there you know, when it comes to the ground, especially with a guy like Ryan Hall, mm -hmm. you know, it's good. The, the ground game there is going to be key. It's going to be a key piece. For that, that, that's a key piece. Also, I would say the reason that I want to fight a Marab instead of like an O'Malley too is I, I, I don't want to be the champ if I'm not the actual best in the world. And I don't really think that a lot of people really think like that either. You know, like maybe I'm giving myself a little bit too much credit, but I do not want the belt if I am not the best in the world. Just, and, and I go into fights like that, too. It's like, okay, we'll see who's better. If I'm not better than this guy, I do not want to win. Okay. I, don't, I don't want, like, some bullshit way of me winning. Like, it, it, like, to hear Cheeto say that he was, like, on his worst day or, or like, he wasn't having an off night, yeah. like, uh, that, like, irks me a little bit inside because I'm like, man, I wanted him on his best night. Yeah. You know, like, that, that's who I wanted. And, and a lot of people say that. But I don't really think that they mean it. No, and yeah. before when I used to say that, I didn't really mean it. And that yeah. was like years and years ago, yeah. of course. But I've gotten really comfortable with being like, you know what, man? Like, if that person deserves to win more than me because they did more correct things throughout you their life, I can live yeah. with that. And that's what I want. Yeah. Like, that is what I want. I don't... And it's the same thing with the title, man. Like, I don't want to be a world champion if I'm not the actual best in the world. Yeah, that's so fair. Fighting it a makes guy sense. Like, when yeah. you explain it, it makes sense. Fight. The business side of me was like, oh, I know, missed I the know. sugar yeah, fight. I know. And the, but then when you call it Marab, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I fucking hate the business side of stuff. It, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's I like, ignore it as much as I can. And you're doing a good job at it. I mean, yeah. calling out Marab went against what I think everybody was thinking. And, you know, but that's you. That's your path, man. And that's what... It's why you're an outlier now, you know? Let's take a little break from chatting with Corey Sandhagen on Food Truck Diaries because I got something to tell you guys. If you want the best Kratom on the planet, the only Kratom that I trust to put in this thick body, you're talking about Happy Hippo. They provide the best Kratom on the planet, the safest, the most reliable. It's happyhippo.com. Use promo code THICK23. You save 20% off for the rest of your life. Share that with your friends, your aunt, your stepmom, whoever you want. They can all get this discount. And you can get your Kratom in a variety of uh, forms. You can get the Instant Shot, which I use. I use the Sour Apple or Butterscotch. You can do pills. You can do powders, gummies. However you want to get your Kratom, you do it at Happy Hippo. It's happyhippo.com. Promo code THICK23. THICK with three C's, 23, 20% off. You're welcome. Let's get back to the program. And when you look at... the Again, when you look at the division, it's like you have Cejudo, Aljamain, which we can get into after this, but with Marab, you know, you called him out. He was down for it, and then we haven't heard much since, you know, and then there was some speculation that he might go a different direction. Have you, have you heard that? Um, but so that, even that hasn't got like, so it's like, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. So, so that's like another thing, too, that uh, I think a lot of people don't really realize also is that behind the scenes, there's like a ton of things already in motion. Right. So, like, I'm not going to call out, also, I'm not going to call out Sean O'Malley because I'm pretty sure there was, like, a lot of whispers that he was going to be the guy that fights the winner of Cejudo and Sterling. He came out for, and said it, too. For sure. He was like, you know? guarantee me that. So, you're like, all right, well, it makes no sense for him to call exactly. out. Exactly. And I, and I know that that's, like, always destined to change. And I definitely could have, like, tried to push the UFC in the direction that I wanted to go in and not the one that he wanted to go in. And that's a piece of it, too. But... 
apparently I was hearing, you know, Umar came out and said that him and uh, Marab were supposed to fight. Which doesn't make too much sense to me. I mean, good fight, but for Umar, it's like, was he 15? Mm. 13? Yeah, something like that. Something like that, but either way, nowhere near the top five. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, Uh, me neither, really, but uh, I understand. You know, like, he's done well in his UFC career so far, but... And, and I'm not one of those guys that's like, we're not too much of one of those guys. I do think that there should be some type of, uh, be some like, sort of rules, you know, like, hey, like, fight, the, you, you fight here. But yeah, 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 there has to be that going on, of course, uh, just to make it fair, you know, just because that's like a piece of, you know, that's like justice. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's, that's how sports should yeah, yeah. work. Yeah, we got to have. Yeah, you can't have a team go 0-16 in the NFL and be like, I still think they should make the playoffs. Like, yeah. Well, no, they didn't get there, though, dude. Oh, yeah. you know, but also for the fan base, we need some mm-hmm. sort of structure we can follow. Mm-hmm. That's even with, like, you know, Izzy coming off one of the, you know, the biggest win of his career against Alex Pierre. You know, everyone's like, Hamzat's next. And I'm the biggest Hamzat fan. Like, well, hold on. There has to be some sort of order here. You can't go from 170 and not being a title, you know, winner there and then just jump over to 85, which you haven't competed at at this level, and then just fight the champ. Like, that's, A, disrespect to Izzy, but B, disrespect to all the other guys that have worked their asses off, man. You know, you just, there has to, I get it, what sells tickets, we have to establish some order here. We a, have a, to. a bit. Yeah, there, there, there should be It's like, still a little bit of entertainment, WWE-ish. Mm-hmm. I get that, but we, it's still a real sport. Yep, yep. It's definitely still a real sport. And the entertaining stops, right, when the cage closes. Correct, you know? correct. <laughs> um, and then it's not a show anymore, it's a fight, so... Um, but yeah, so I was hearing maybe Marab and Umar were going to fight. I'm not sure when they're fighting. I know Figueredo's coming up. I don't know who, yeah, I don't know because I'm trying to think because in my head and in my fiance's head, we kind of have to, if I want to fight before September 1st, which is when I'm supposed to get married, um, it's kind of got to happen in like July or August, you know? So yeah, so they would need to figure out. So they were gonna like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Need to get on it. Uh-huh. So I'm meeting with them in a couple of weeks. So I'll, I'll kind of like pick their brains then and see see. What Some good op. Man. I mean, Figueroa's huge name. That'd be mm-hmm. a great main main fight, especially while the rest of the division figures out. You with the you know the Cejudo and Aljamain, and then you got Marab, and you got um, you know Sugar doing his thing for you. Like that Figueroa fight would be huge, and then I you know. The Peter Yan doesn't make too much sense for you at all at this point. You know, him coming off loss and what you're doing. And then also, um, I think Rob Font, Peter Yan makes a lot more sense. Or even mm. Cheeto, uh, Peter Yan. Mm-hmm. But there's so many directions they can go. It's just for you, until you said that, yeah, the Figueroa probably makes the most sense. If they're going to do the Marab's not, you and Marab's not going to happen. Yep, yep, if, if they're doing that. But uh, I, I'm almost positive the next one that I fight for will be some type of number one contender spot. So, yeah, I, I almost feel like it has to be, and I think that they kind of know that too. That was actually a nice thing that I kind of got a little bit of relief from after the Cheeto fight is, like, I feel like I got a lot of people on board with me, you know? 100%. And I think I got a lot of people on board from the UFC on me too. I agree. So, um, Which I'm, is key. Yeah, it is key. Um, which I didn't ever really feel like I had that before. I agree. But, you know, like San Antonio selling out the entire arena, putting on a badass performance against someone who's seen as, like, this really, you know, oh, tough phenomenal as fighter. Yeah, so. fighter. But I also think, like, if you want to went in there and head kicked them in three seconds, mm. I don't think you get the same respect that you're getting now. Like, I think put on the performance you had for those five rounds and really be like, no, no, no. 
I was the better fighter that night. Mm -hmm. Like that's what the UFC needed to see. But it, but again, all this we talk about, you know, matchups and the UFC can go with Figueroa or Peter Yan or Marab. Like it, you can't control it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it you changes talk, like this. Yeah, and the, like I think. You know, you talk about not having that pressure and taking the pressure off yourself. And again, I wish in hindsight I would have reflected my career a little more and like, don't worry about stuff you can't control. Like you're adding all this pressure and you have nothing to do with it. The UFC is going to do whatever the hell they want to do. You you don't work for the UFC, man. You're not in the, you know, you work for them, but you're not making the decisions. You can only control what you can control. And once you realize that's like all good, man, yep. you know, it's yeah. all good. Because, I mean, you know, just being a fighter in the sport, man, like, one of the more stressful pieces is the in-between time when you don't really know who you're fighting, when you're fighting, what what type of matchup they're going to give you. It, it is, and, and it's, like, super stressful, and it's, like, that's, like, a thing to deal with in its own. But I also feel like I'm at a very good point in my skills where I, I feel super comfortable taking any challenge at yeah, this point with, with where I am. Yeah, yeah so um, at this point, it's, like, okay, before it was, like, hey, let's take this fight at this time, let's take this fight... At this point, it's like, no, like, I'm ready to be champ, and I actually feel like I mean that as far as, like, where my skills are, where my head is, yes. where my spirit is. That That's where I am now. So at this point, it's like, yeah, whatever challenge. So I don't really, I'm not stressing too much about, like, who am I getting next, but I almost am certain it's going to be for a number one contender spot. It would have to be. So, so you yeah. ranked number three, and then also the one of the things that should give you some sort of peace of mind is being number three. There's only probably three guys could probably fight in the world. Like, it's not like a pool of 10. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just not the way it works. There is some structure there, you know, mm -hmm. so that helps. Yeah. And when you look at Cejudo and Aljamain, how do you, I'm sure you, people ask you to break it down before. Interesting fight. I think it's an interesting fight. Um, I guess if I had to call it, one, a lot of people still sleep on Sterling. Uh, you know, like they still sleep on him, which is, you know, kind of crazy to me. I think it's because of the, the Peter Yan fights, right? Mm. Maybe that, and he may become champ like they hoped he would. Yeah. So people get caught up on that, and then they can't get off that. Mm. It's like, no, he's really fucking good, dude. Yeah, yeah. he is good. And he also has nothing to do with that stuff. Yeah, and, and, and I see him as like a, I think he's a pretty hard worker too, you know? Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I know that he's likely been improving. I know he's a pretty smart guy too. He. He's like a he's a cerebral fighter. Yeah. I would consider him in my in in my opinion of him. So that fight with him and Suhudo, I could see tough fight to call, right? It's super hard because I mean, who knows what the hell Suhudo's been doing? But my guess is Suhudo has been training hard, and you know the guy was an Olympic champ at eighteen. So it's yeah. not like he's yeah. right. Like at this point, he's it's like yeah, he, he's, he's not going to forget how too. to yeah, Freak and up. he's not going to forget how to ride a bike. No, you no. know, like. Uh, no matter how many years it's been. So I see that fight as being, it's going to be more of a striking fight, and I think Cejudo's going to try to get some takedowns just to nullify the closeness and the yeah. striking that I think it's going to be because Sterling is going to be a lot longer, he's going to be a lot bigger, and I think that that's going to make for a lot of challenges for Cejudo. And I don't really know that Cejudo's like path to victory is going to be taking him down and holding him down. I so, think that's why his greatest path to victory, right? Is kind of taking him down, holding him down. I think... Tougher than, you know, tougher than he would think, even though it's Henry Cejudo, yeah. you know, who's a gold medal winner. But 
you know, I do think the the explosiveness of Aljamain and also his finishing ability, mm -hmm. you know, with, you know, he, he does a lot of dangerous things they can't really plan for, you know, and he does have that killer instinct. You know, he's really good if he gets your back, which I could, could see happening. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's just you don't, and that, that fight's too tough to call. It's all, and what version of Henry Cejudo do we get? Sure. You know? Do you think if it's, like, a optimal Henry Cejudo, then he'll win? Oh. Like, do you think, like, Henry Cejudo, like, him at his like peak, like when he was beating Cruz and Marlon, do you think that that guy beats Sterling? He, that guy's pretty fucking good. Yeah, he yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, that guy's pretty good. Mm. It's also the game, even, you know, think about it, he retired how long ago? Not just a few years ago, now he's come mm. back. The game's even evolved since then. That's how new the sport is. I know. Like, it, it evolved so fast. Is it, isn't it cool if you look at like the top 10 two years ago, it's like yeah. not the same almost. Not even close, know? dude. Yeah, that's it's cool. cool. It's dope. Yep. Uh, but dude, you know, I, I love the hell out of you. You're getting married in September. Hopefully you get a fight before then so it doesn't mess up the wedding. Honestly, but I'm going to do it either way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to you know, like, I'm going to do it either way. I don't want, you know. But you can tell him that, like, dude, like, we yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah, like, we, I know. This is happening in September. Uh, I told Erica, though, I'm going to do it either way. And she's like, okay, but just, like, please, God, promise me that you'll do your you best. You stick to you know? it. And yeah. I was like, I'll do my best, but, you UFC's know. like, cool, we have a fight for you October 1st. <laughs> I, know, I know. But this is uh, not a wedding gift, man. It's just a gift ah, for you cool. coming on the show. Nice. I'm sneak your guys you. from my boys in Suplex in Philly. Hell yeah. I know you like to go out there in nature. Hi, oh, these are right. Carhartt. Nice. The oh, Carhartt cool. Lab. Yeah, those are dope, man. Those are hard to find. Oh, yeah. So Thanks, I hope you can do some work in those, man. Man, I love them. Thank you. Of course, bro. Yeah, dude, I got zero style. So, I mean, like, thank you, you, you got, for fucking. The more you success know. you have, like, even when you got in the car, I'm like, damn, this dude's getting pretty fancy here. <laughs> yeah. It's this your fancy? style. What's well, your yeah. style, man? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which works, brother. Yeah. But keep doing you, man. I think you're just. Yeah, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, man. You're exactly mm -hmm. where you're supposed to be, and uh, I just, you can tell, like, the experience, everything's just, it's coming together, brother. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's insane to me to think you walk in high altitude and then you're going to be world champion, dude. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's exactly it what you should be doing, brother. Thank you. So thank you for doing the show, man. Hopefully that, um, we got Southwest chicken wrap, but hopefully I didn't put too much <laughs> yeah. on you, man. Yeah. I don't want to add to that, <laughs> you know? But good luck with the wedding, man. Wish you the best. We'll see you soon. Thank We're you. We're saying hey again, everybody.